Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. Hello, it's me again on my own. Um, We're still all trying to stay away from each other (laughs) as much as we possibly can. So again, me and Axel in the studio right now. Um, So again, we did this chat a few weeks ago. As you all know, one of my favourite things to talk about is food. So I was particularly excited to have this guest on. So we talked about um, nutrition, like some recipe ideas, and also just how to eat well when you're a mum um, and you're thinking about everybody else other than yourself. So let's get to it. We've got um, expert nutritionist Rhiannon Lambert on, who is currently pregnant for the first time. Um, it was a great chat, so I hope you enjoy it. So, you know how much Georgia and I love food. In fact, <laughs> if it wasn't for Georgia, um, I wouldn't eat as much as I do because Georgia is constantly blind me with snacks, coming up with recipe ideas and just generally being the all-round chef that we know she is. Is that right, G? Well, I don't know about chef, but yes, I do like food People said lot. to you the other day that you need to you need to go a cookbook. I know. Could we do a Made I by mean, Mama's cookbook? I was flattered. <laughs> what would I contribute? I'd contribute nothing. But the, but the lady sitting opposite us today um, is... Um, 33 weeks pregnant currently to uh she's having it can i say yeah go for she's it. having yeah. a little boy which Ooh. is really exciting <laughs> she is all about nutrition and and food and health and everything and um we were, we're so excited because she's built such a brilliant online following it's rihanna lambert hello hello, hello. Oh, guys i'm I loving think... the cookbook idea by the way but the thing oh, is mate please. is that i wouldn't know what would i do oh look today <laughs> i've done fish fingers with Listen, mashed potatoes everyone needs a fish you know what? i'm rubbish at putting stuff in the oven i burn <laughs> chips so everyone's got their strength okay. and you need a taster the whole point is you get to taste every recipe as well so you know you can make a tweak here and there and yeah. get to eat it all I, I could do all the I'm great at the breakfast and you could do the dinners yeah but exactly. we, haven't come, we haven't come on to talk about this <laughs> no. you've got loads of um, um, letters next to your name yeah so you just guess, t- t- yeah. like tell us tell us about you because yeah, you've got right. such a big online following now haven't you it's grown quite rapidly at a rate I didn't think I didn't think anyone would be interested in what a registered nutritionist actually is or does because when I went to uni to study nutrition it was it wasn't cool 
it was it was so long ago. It was in that time where people just weren't really talking about it or about health in the same way they are now. So when you say letters, I think I I guess I do. Yeah, and I don't really ever think about it. I don't put them all on the the Instagram. So I've got my degree in nutrition and health. Yeah, my master's in obesity risks and prevention. Wow, and I'm also a master practitioner in psychological interventions to eating disorders. And also some other qualifications in pre and postnatal and sports. So it, it's been a long kind of science is evolving all the time. And as a yeah. nutritionist, everyone's so unique and there is never one answer for everyone. So it feels like my life is just full of learning, to be honest. That's probably mm. why you see the letters. It's just full of constant learning. <laughs> and it sounds like you really do know your stuff, even if you think you're still learning. I think we've got a lot to learn from you. <laughs> well, it's scary because the more you, it's the common phrase, the more you know, the less you know, and you really start to question yourself because you're so full of information and top ups whenever you go on these courses. You're like, oh, I'd forgotten about that bit. Or yes, that now applies to X or Z. And you confuse yourself a little bit more. But I am, yeah, very grateful for my career thus far. I'm, I'm loving it. How important is nutrition um, during pregnancy and afterwards? Because we obviously hear it a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, you must eat well and the baby's taking everything from you. But what, what does that actually look like for us? And what is a healthy diet during those yeah. years, months? Such a good question. And I think I would even go as far as saying that a healthy pregnancy starts before you're even pregnant. Because right. I think in that first trimester stage for so many women, and I know I had it for about 16 weeks, the morning sickness is horrendous and some people can't keep their food down. So a healthy, balanced diet is one that's going to keep your bowel movements going is point number one, because they yeah. slow down rapidly. <sighs> and I mean, it, you, you girls have been through it. It yeah. changes every I think mine ever, sp- uh, ever sped up again. I'm like, <laughs> someone said to me the other day, oh, you probably got lazy bowels. I was like, for fuck's sake. Lazy bowels? <laughs> What's wrong with them? <laughs> I think there's all sorts of things you can read and you can get yourself in a panic. But ultimately, none of us are eating enough fibre, probably fear of carbohydrates versus the fact that we probably don't eat enough fruit and veg. Very basic stuff here. But also we need to be ensuring we're getting the extra vitamins and minerals we need for healthy pregnancies such as vitamin D, folic acid, which most of you will get in a generic multivitamin if you're taking a prenatal or postnatal for breastfeeding multivit. But there's so many other aspects. So when you said how important is it, I can't even summarise it in an answer because it's everything. Your baby's IQ has now been linked to what you eat when you're pregnant. Your baby's preferences for taste, so sweet or savoury food, happens when you're pregnant in the amniotic fluid. So it can taste after, I think it's about 13 or 14 weeks, the baby can taste sweet things or savoury things. Wow. And don't panic because even in my head right now, I ate. I did not eat well during the first few months of my pregnancy and I'm a nutritionist so don't don't worry. <laughs> so is that why so when I was pregnant with Axel my first I loved pick a mix um mango with lime on top and salt and vinegar crisps all three are some of Axel's favorite foods. <laughs> <laughs> well it might be why might not it? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, yeah. Well, yeah. Something crisps are so oh, good. Gosh, it yeah. could also be the yeah, the sweetness and the extra saltiness of those foods. But um, don't panic if anyone's listening. Like, oh, all I ate is chocolate the entire pregnancy. But it does play a small role. The most important thing is obviously your baby's brain development, cognition. So the neural function comes from eating more omega threes. So healthy fatty acids, lots of nuts, seeds, avocados. If you eat fish, oily fish, salmon, sardines. 
it's basically a Mediterranean style diet. Yeah. Mm. But it's hard when you're pregnant to eat like that. Especially in the first, I mean, as we touched on the first kind of three or four months when you I mean, I suffered really badly from it. I didn't actually throw up. I just felt sick all day, mm. every day. And the only thing I wanted to eat was mashed potato with Bisto gravy all over it. Oh, babe, I had spaghetti hoops, you know, exactly, we've, yeah. we've got our thing. Yeah. <laughs> and my husband, I remember going home one day and he found, um, he found, it sounds like, a, it's not like he's a control freak or anything, but he was in my car and he looked down the side and I had stopped off at the garage to get those like, they say they're like chicken Twizzlers or something, but there's just clearly no chicken in them at all. And he was like, what is this? And I was like, I don't, he was like, it's not good. You can't eat that stuff with the baby. And I was like, oh, all right, all right. But at the time I was pissed off, but I do understand that it is important. You've got to, because the baby's taking everything from you. I know, but equally at the same time, just to help you not feel so bad about the Twizzlers. <laughs> it's, there's some protein in those Twizzlers. Thank you. You know, that's good for cellular growth. And I think it's about getting energy in. Like we are exerting so much energy to grow a human that we don't really think about it. Yeah. And you really need to be thinking, even if I am eating a bit of chocolate, it is giving me energy. The baby will still take what it needs from your body. It's just the fact that you are left lacking if you don't eat as well as you could. Okay, so... Yeah, so you need to eat for yourself as well as the baby. 100%. Baby will take the nutrition. Obviously, it helps to have the optimal diet. There is research to suggest that it reduces risk of baby developing type 2 diabetes later on in life. There's something called the Barker hypothesis. So the, the birth weight of your baby can be impacted by your diet throughout pregnancy. If you exercised, if you didn't, how stressed you were also affects the baby. There's so many factors. Mm. But ultimately your baby will still grow and you it, there's a nature nurture debate which other scientists argue actually it you can rectify everything the moment they're born because that's when you can also build really good healthy habits mm. yeah and then obviously you know pre or oh, say postnatally you know food is so transitly linked into how we feel and oh. if we're having the lows let's just talk about those and what we can do to help them so if we go to food and mood straight away and then we'll touch on breastfeeding and when the milk comes in and that awful baby blues moment that I'm about to come into soon, I've heard a lot about. But if we go to food and mood, there are two types of key factors in the brain, serotonin and your dopamine that give you kind of happy feelings. And around 90% of your serotonin, although it's argued in some literature 70 to 90%, is uh, started or founded in your gut. So what you eat, the foundation of what you eat, can affect the type of bacteria you grow in your gut. And two kilos of what you weigh is bacteria. And you want a lot of that to be good bacteria. I know your face is right now what I'm saying. Two kilos is bacteria. If we want more of the good bacteria. <laughs> I know, I know. It what? sounds really, really great. It, it, is, it blows my mind, yeah. all of this research. But every time you eat a piece of food your gut bacteria eats it and gives off gas as a byproduct or it will develop and make b vitamins or serotonin the happy hormone that we've discussed so your brain is directly talking to your gut every day the remaining 10 percent of your happy hormone the serotonin comes from carbs predominantly and protein so don't feel too bad again about the twizzlers you know it's a little <laughs> a little bit i'm sure a little bit of good tryptophan in there which is a protein that you kind of want an amino acid and then the other is a form, the dopamine, so the neurotransmitter in the brain that can also be triggered by certain types of proteins as well. So what you eat actively builds happy hormones in your brain. So if you are not getting enough carbs, proteins, the little vitamins and minerals that matter, you're not feeding the bacteria and you're not producing those happy hormones in your brain. Mm. So it does kind of make a 
big difference. I hope that made sense. Yeah, no, no, no that, that did make sense. sense. So for someone who's just had a baby, you know, they've just got back from the hospital first week where, I mean, you're basically in survival mode. You're not going to stand cooking things, no. preparing things. What are good things to have in the fridge to stock up on beforehand or to have to hand, you know, like little snacks that you can have that will um, encourage those happy hormones? Oh, I love this question because I'm getting it all ready myself right now. Good ready meals. There are good quality ready meals now that you can get out there on the market that you can chuck in the freezer you do not want to be stand up we like cook <laughs> yeah yes. we do like cook yeah <laughs> cook is good uh, there's so many out there Ella's deliciously Ella's has yes. brought out her range yes. Mindful Chef have some there are so many options in the supermarkets snacks are a really really essential thing to have things like oat biscuits you can get lower sugar ginger tasty ones now as well nut butters things you can put on it fruit no brainer bananas get your other half or your friend or your doula to whiz up a smoothie or something if you can um, all those types of things so frozen berries really good essential to always have in your freezer cheap means you get the vitamins in you're not worried about fresh food going off um kefir drinks if you like dairy yogurt kefir is a really good source of fermented is that like a like a smoothie like a mango smoothie or lassi is it called so that's the um indian dessert variety i think like a lassi but again full of the good bacteria you want so yogurts and lassis and kefir drinks great addition to have to your diet um, I wouldn't bother, this is going to sound really controversial, I'm sure other nutritionists wouldn't agree with me, but I, w- I wouldn't bother with loads of fresh veg at that point in time because it is a nightmare to prepare and it is just a faff. You can buy frozen packs of pre-roasted vegetables or buy packs of roasted veg and just shove them in the freezer and then you can just bung it in the, ov- in mm-hmm. the oven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no point. It just creates food waste and then you're stressed out and not wanting to bother. It, it just a lot of faff. You want an easy life. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You re- I mean, you really do yeah. Life ain't easy at home. No, exactly. (laughs) Especially in those first weeks. That's the last thing that you want to be thinking about. Yeah. But obviously you want to be putting all those measures in place to ensure that you feel as best as you possibly can. Yeah, and microwave packs are another thing. Do not underestimate your microwave. There's so many myths that a microwave is really bad for you, but actually there's no grounder research that it is, and it's Mm. a lifesaver. Porridge sachets, you can quickly whip up a porridge in there. You can shove a pack of rice and lentils and make a base for a dish in like two minutes. Yeah. Uh, this is quite a personal thing to share, but obviously we're in this space, so this is what we do here at Made by Mamas. But um, when I had Luna, I was—I obviously I've been very, very outspoken about the fact that I suffered from an eating disorder in my twenties, and I really struggled with that relationship between myself mm. and food. I've really found it hard. And then obviously having to gain the weight during pregnancy, it was a really big deal for me. Even though I was outwardly trying to be very positive, and I was so grateful to be pregnant, I was also really battling my demons in terms of the weight gain. Mm. I think a lot of people can identify with that so once I'd given birth and I was breastfeeding I was like okay well I can't train because I know I want to be here to look after the baby and da, da, but I think I would have done better with my breastfeeding had I probably eaten more in those first that first month not saying I was restricting food but I was suddenly like oh my god I'm not pregnant anymore but I'm still the same weight and I can't exercise and I just you know I think think my milk production had a big big impact on the fact that I probably wasn't eating enough it it will have done massively but the fact that you've shared that is so important because so many women will be going through what you went through yeah you are a different person 
when you're pregnant, first of all, and you are in a different body to anything you've ever lived in in your entire life. Yeah. Psychologically, that is a hell of a lot to deal with every day. And I'm a believer that everybody has a relationship with food. Some people are just more positive than others. We turn to it for various different reasons. And so many women that I see in my clinic as well really struggle with their self-esteem, their appearance, the, you know, the awful aches and pain. There's so many different things associated mm. with being pregnant. But your breastfeeding stage, you burn around 400 to 600 calories every time you breastfeed. It's a lot of energy. It's actually more than your brain uses a day in terms of caloric energy. And in order to get a lot of milk, and of course this varies, you've got to remember, breastfeeding is not going to happen for everyone. We have to be really kind about that fact, don't we? Oh, and so many people yeah, won't. absolutely fine. As, you yeah, know, we need to stress that. A hundred percent. But yeah. the more that you eat and the better you eat at that phase, the better your milk. And of course, the type of milk you're going to be giving your baby in terms of the antibodies you produce, the... Um, the really good immune boosting kind of stuff is what I'm talking about and the bits that you get in the milk. But I'm just so happy that you're so open about sharing it because I think so many women are under pressure the minute they give birth to kind of just go on a diet. Ugh. Yeah. And I hear yeah. it and that's the worst time to diet because you don't realise even if you can't get up and about and go to the gym, you are actually burning loads. And if you take those first few weeks off, apparently you're more likely to recover faster in the long term if you go too fast too early on it, it can hit you especially mentally I think as well that's interesting isn't it yeah do you see a lot of um women in your clinic who you know who've just had a baby and they're suddenly like okay cool right I want to get back into it. I want to get back into shape and what do you say to them well, I have to respect my clients' wishes, first of all, for what they want to do. And I, you completely can sympathise. And of course, someone wants to feel their best. There's, first of all, there's nothing wrong with wanting to feel your best. Yeah. But equally, it's important that you're informed that actually um, it's society that puts this in our heads. Mm. It's not biologically or evolutionary what we're meant to do. We are meant to be eating more and relaxing at that certain time period. And it's explaining that your body fat will gradually go down. It, it takes it takes longer. It took nine months to grow a baby. It can take nine to 12 to then get your body back to where it was before. And also, it might never go back to where yeah. it was before. And also, Precisely. you might not want it to. No. This whole snapback thing oh. is just the bane of my life when I see it, you know. And I think people have to stress it, that it's, you know, this is not about snapping back. This is about learning to be in your new body and to loving your new body and loving your child and being okay with all of that. Which you is hard. To be, which is yeah. seriously hard. Yeah. Yeah. It is hard. It's like for our entire lives as women, I see a lot in the clinic. I have to explain, right, we've been through periods. Yeah. We've been through the um, hormonal phases in teenage years. Then you hit your 20s and then you're under subconscious diet culture everywhere. Then we hit pregnancy. If that's the path you choose, then you're losing the weight again. Then you're eating more. Your hormones have changed. Your weight changes. Your muscle mass gets lower as we age. And then we get menopause, pre-menopause symptoms. We are constantly evolving and we're never in the same body more than a couple of years naturally. Whereas men stay pretty steady state for a lot longer than we do. And all we see and all we're exposed to, well, social media has helped now. I think we see a lot of positive accounts that yeah. share the truth. Like you guys are sharing the truth. But all we used to see is these celebrities that would literally just have it all together, it would appear, and be but, the same know, size and shape. But for some women, that does happen. Yeah. And, you know, good for them and whatever. But obviously, a lot of women, it really doesn't happen. And you have to, I think, for me, I've never had a 
particularly bad relationship with food but I have started to retrain myself now and it's particularly in the language that I use when I speak to Axel is that about food is energy and I'm using food to fuel my body rather than how it's going to look so I always say to him oh you know you need to eat your breakfast because otherwise you're going to have no energy for school Mm. um you know you're going to be super fast if you eat this or whatever yeah it's just (laughs) clever you know it's just those things that I'm trying to reteach myself being positive in the way you discuss and describe food can have the biggest impact because most of the clients I see if we go back to um disordered eating if you had a poor relationship with food, some people may have heard their parents being on a diet growing up or been exposed in the industry they worked in. It's the language around you and it's the constant discussions. Whereas if we'd all grown up not even being aware of it at all and thinking of food as some social fun thing and being strong and being yeah. healthy and being energised, we would all have a completely different relationship with it. So, yeah, the more The language is be. so important, like you said. 100%. And I can, um, firsthand, growing up in a household with a mother who was a model and everything was based on her appearance. I mean, this is not talking... My mother was an incredib- is an incredible mother, but her relationship towards the way she looked and her food intake was very much there and it's my memories growing up are all about what we were eating and how much we were eating and if we gained weight she didn't mean to do it she wasn't being malicious or mean or pointing out that we were you know a stone over whatever it was but it was just niggles constantly and I really took it on board so I'm like you acutely aware of what I'm saying to Luna and Kit and Isla I think it's so important to have a healthy healthy language healthy relationship around it you've just got to kind of keep it even if you are struggling as a parent as hard as it is you you've got to keep it private from the kids if you can and that's that's a really big struggle for a lot of people we see in the nutrition clinic it's, it's, it's all the time is that they are going through something they're seeking the help but they don't want their children to be affected by it doesn't make them bad parents doesn't make your mum a bad parent it was her career she wasn't aware but now we have the knowledge that we know that subconsciously we absorb everything as a sponge growing up. So when you say that people come into your clinic, might they be suffering from some sort of eating disorder, whether it was anorexia or bulimia or overeating? Yeah, I mean, we do, in the clinic, we've got an eating disorder, specialist, sports nutrition, general relationships of food, intuitive eating, uh, pre and postnatal, that there's so many different areas right. that we will work we will work with. But one common theme throughout nearly everything, even sports nutrition, is you get disordered relationships of food because they've built based on your career, which takes us back to the nature-nurture debate that we started with, which was the fact that you can shape your child's future relationship with food, which is quite exciting that we know we can do it and you can expose them to all the variety you possibly can. Yeah. Even if they turn it away, it doesn't matter because they've seen it. And that's when most parents beat themselves up. They're like, oh, but they're not eating it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, so. Yeah. Oh, my God. But yeah. he still doing a good job. He just will. Kit will not. He has not eaten unless I hide it, which I do every morning in yeah. his porridge. Yeah. And I um, I mash up the carrots or mash up the broccoli and hide it in the mashed potato. He will not touch any fruit or veg. No fruit. The boy yeah. doesn't eat fruit. I mean, what kilo does not like a strawberry? <laughs> no. It's like, come on, mate. Just eat it. And he just goes, no. Puts it on the floor. I'm like, are you ever going to eat any fruit or vegetables i put yeah. it every single meal time i'm not i'm not <laughs> joking oh, luna loves it yeah absolutely loves it and she's like this can make me you're not gonna be big and strong um kit actually <laughs> you're not gonna be able to run fast whereas she's oh. it, but, he, but he will not and it's not gonna change it, okay it's more than likely going to change you're just in that terrible period how, how old <laughs> nearly now? two yeah it, it's that stage where it's just horrid for parents because you are constantly trying and some kids like you said don't have a problem at all others it will be maybe 
I hate to say this out loud, maybe three to six months of constant rejection or a bit longer. Well, no, it's been a year and a half. Three to six <laughs> months. A year and a half. Yeah. Okay, right. Since so we started weaning him. <laughs> I just think you won't. <laughs> you just don't give up. Okay. You just can't give up. Okay. Smoothies, all the sorts. Will he drink a smoothie? Um, he drinks an Ella's pouch okay and it's just the, the the pink one yeah not the green one of course because it looks green oh, no. he's terrified of it so if we can <gasps> just make pink food for a while and get different things in right there's lots of different little tips and tricks but it, it's exhausting being a parent doing that like i'm not gonna try and even sugarcoat it <laughs> gigi's doing well isn't Gigi, she? yeah gigi's doing really well i'm actually quite surprised um because I think I planned the whole weaning thing more with Axel. And with Gigi, I didn't really plan it. It just, she looked interested in what I was eating. So I just passed her a bit, you know. Then I thought, oh, she's only five months. Oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. But then she took it really well. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to continue with this. And that is sort of how it's gone. Um, she doesn't have any pouches at all now, which is a bit nuts. And she doesn't really like pureed food. So I've just no. gone with the whole... Um, it's baby led weaning yep, yep, baby food type weaning. of thing yep. um, and it's going yeah it's actually going really well What's I'm really the, pleased that's brilliant yeah, yeah I am really I'm really pleased um, yeah it's so nice to hear the podcast because there are positive and negative stories which <laughs> yeah. obviously yeah. you know, got to yeah. share I don't know what my little boy is going to be like and I'm you know a health professional there is no perfect but the thing is at least they're seeing it so they're not going to go to school because I do talks in school sometimes where children do not know where a tomato comes from they think it's from ketchup or they've never never seen an actual strawberry and I know that is hot yeah it's heartbreaking um but it is but you can understand how they can get there because as a parent who has one child who eats everything and one child who chucks everything green on the floor I've I've contemplated not putting the broccoli on his plate because I'm like what the fuck's the point he's gonna you know but yeah so you just stop doing it and then they just grow up not having any of it and then you know what do you do what's the right thing to do and also if it's I guess if it's the other way around and the older one doesn't eat anything then you can just assume like I would you know just assume that the next one is not going to eat anything then you just never give it to them and they've Mm. never you know you've never you you don't do it because it's a waste of time we think it's a waste of time and I think it's how you you girls are or all the mums and dads out there listening at feed times which can also help it's like eating the same food as them sitting next to them um really over exaggerating the happiness and joy and the fact that you're loving that broccoli right now (laughs) and eventually they're the kind of things that are so hard to do but it's those little things if you can get into a habit very early on of doing even the puree and it does put quite a few parents off but they will sit next to their baby and we try and encourage them to eat the puree with with the baby at the same time. Mm. I know, I can see your faces. It's, it's the little thing that they, they oh. see you and often they just want what you have. Yeah. They don't yeah. want what they're given. They want what you have. We'll be right back after the short break. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Now, let's pick up where we left off with our wonderful guest. It is really interesting, isn't it? Because mm. I definitely think that kids go through so many phases with their food. One minute they can be eating salmon and you're like, yes, I've got this now. The next minute someone gives them a fish finger. And let's be honest, fish fingers are tastier than salmon oh, fillings. Yeah. <laughs> and Why would you turn down a fish fingers? Yeah, yeah. They, they haven't developed the... And it's funny you use the example of broccoli because actually that's something I would be a bit more lenient on and try different veg because broccoli is quite a bitter a, yeah mm. it's a different taste and you grow different taste buds as you grow older mm. and you may find that when he's like five or six suddenly it's his favorite veg you love it <laughs> yeah we'll do a podcast on that <laughs> <laughs> um, you've just you touched on um you know the fact that a lot of people come into your clinic who have got a bad relationship with food um so most of our listeners are you know have younger children but for those who might have older children who might you know maybe don't feel like they've given their child the best information when it comes to food or whatever and they're going to secondary school or you might be worried that they're developing a bad relationship with food what are the signs to look out for what should we be you know what should we be doing such a good question because I think it's very common especially now because we know the government have introduced the weighing of children at at schools yeah as well no yeah um I'm not the biggest fan of this this method. I can see both sides, as always. I can see why it's needed, because some parents will be unaware, completely unaware their child is overweight, whereas other parents know their child's fine, but you're putting your child through the process of stepping on a scales at school and then oh. being measured. So we're in a bit of a tricky time at the yeah. moment, and it's very easy to see signs coming in now, which is one good thing. So a complete change in mood at the dinner table could be subtle but could be that there is zero interaction zero talking suddenly silence wanting to leave the table sooner um big mood swings can be another one the second would be an actual topic of i don't like how i look so any slight remark about maybe at PE that day at school or they still call it PE like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> school so like, that's still what it's called now um yeah if there's something about oh, i don't want to wear the shorts or the the, the uniform or I don't feel comfortable um, so commenting on shape size or weight it stopping usual food behaviors and patterns 
And if you've had any teachers or anything raise an element of concern that perhaps they're leaving their lunchbox or they've noticed, depending on the age of the child, they're not eating their school dinners. Yeah. If you can keep an eye on it, because some children are very sneaky. They manage to throw things away before yeah. they get home. You know, they, they're smart. They know. And if you notice these hidden behaviors and if you can do a little sweep of the room when they're not there... Sometimes checking for hidden foods or wrappers or things in a room. Because I was going to say, it's not just under eating or restricting, it's overeating. Yeah, yes. that's a big one. Going somewhere before thing. they get home to have another meal. You know, yes. you hear about it and takeaways yeah. or, you know, local fish and chips or yeah. whatever it is, they're going in there to eat and then they're coming home yeah. to have another meal. So, and yeah. then what, what do you do? How do you mm. even broach that subject? Because mm. often the last people they want to speak to are their parents. And that's hard. I mean, I can absolutely vouch for that, that when I was deep, deep in the disorder, it was like they were trying to tackle me on a daily basis. And I was like, I don't have a problem. I was so defensive and so angry for so many years. And I was so embarrassed and shameful that I didn't want to talk about it. As my mum said, eventually, she just couldn't do anything. No. And and, and that's the hardest thing as as a carer or a parent or any kind of close friend or family member it's watching someone suffering Mm. kind of in silence but the best thing you can do is actively just be there so instead of commenting on the problem itself try and do things to enhance quality of life at that time something we say so anything fun that you can plan or different things that don't even mention it but do try and get a GP appointment just for a general checkup. You don't need to discuss the issue itself. Maybe let your child have a chat on their own, depending on the age, with the health professional. Second, online resources. There are so many good ones now. Beat has an amazing page for carers and family givers. Um, Early Start, NHS Children's um, page has loads of information about nutrition. Tommy's Charity is another one. If you look for a good health professional on the internet or even I would I would say never go to social media for your advice in terms of something this serious yeah that would be my biggest thing instead of dming a celebrity you know or an influencer even someone like myself I would just refer you to the correct resources but some people they may think they're helping by sharing their own experiences but that's probably not going to be the type of information you need mm-hmm. but um there are there are things to look out for it's tough. Yeah. But be, be on it. Just always be mindful in the back of your head that there's a lot going on when they get to school these days. It must Absolutely. be so terrifying, though. And I actually don't think it's... Well, I, you know, when you were talking about kind of going to secondary school and stuff, these things can come into play much early on in life. Yeah. You know, with much younger children, we're seeing it now. And, you know, we've had something recently with, 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 with my eldest, my stepdaughter. I won't go into any details, but it was a bit of a scary moment where she started saying she didn't want to eat her breakfast mm. and didn't want to eat her lunch. And I'm not eating today. And we just nipped it in the bud straight yeah. away. It sent alarm. It sent me sent me cold because yeah. I thought, what is this? I don't, it this gives is not you like her. Yeah. You know, thankfully, she's kind of clicked out of it, which is great. But in some cases, that doesn't happen. So I think you do need to be, like you said, really aware of it yeah really really do it It, it's the fact as well that girls are now getting their periods younger as well we know on a whole on the in the nation are they yeah so that's a new stat um maturity developing at a faster rate we do think it could be linked again to weight gain yeah because most of the population now are at a larger body shape or size there's so many factors affecting hormonal function and yeah there's lots but basically we're getting periods earlier we're growing up faster technology everything like that so Mm. yeah it's good to be vigilant and aware yeah absolutely now um we've we've touched on kind of nutrition for 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 mums and postnatal and we're talking about kind of you know nutrition in our kids and stuff but fundamentally i think it's um uh, you know about our mindset and making changes in the home so obviously we're the ones that go to the supermarket and get those foods in we've got to be really aware of what 
we're providing but we don't we, it's also not we're not master chefs i mean i've proved that <laughs> <laughs> you know so where where do we get those ideas from on like new meals and how yeah. can we start making that more of a thing for the kids yeah i think as well batch cooking should be a mum's best friend i mean if you have one evening of the week because we're not all like you said superstar chefs the one thing people always think as i'm a nutritionist i'm a chef i'm really not i'm a nutritionist that can cook that's about as far as it goes. But I think getting a big meal planned, never go to the supermarkets without a list if you can. I know it's so easy just to flippantly just, you're, you're busy, but you end up getting stuff you just don't really utilize and use as much. Yeah. Have at least three staples and build on it maybe once a month. So let's say you always make a good shepherd's pie, lasagna, or tray bake, where you just shove things on a tray, shove it in the oven. Is out. I mean, that's What's a tray bake? Yeah, this yeah. is the quickest, easiest thing. Yeah, this is, is. going to change your it life. It will. You basically just shove everything that you've got in your fridge in an oven dish and put a bit of olive oil on top and shove yeah. it in the oven. You know, if you've got some herbs yeah. at home in the cupboard, like a bit of salt, a bit of rosemary or something. If you've got sweet potatoes, cut them oh, up. Love yeah. That. Yeah. Oh, love that. Yeah, me too. I'm going to do tonight, yeah. actually, now. It's yeah. in my head. <laughs> yeah, easy. Just chop it all up, shove it in. It'll last at least two days if you put it in a lunchbox, depending how much you have. Okay. It's about bulk buying. But in your head, always think every meal in terms of nutrition should have protein, carbs, vegetables, or fruit depending on what type of meal we're doing and a little bit of healthy fat and that comes from the olive oil or the nuts or the seeds okay that's what you need to build a balanced plate protein you get in beans and pulses and cans so stock your cupboards i always say kitchen proof everything for families so you want one cupboard with grains pulses beans super cheap super affordable chickpeas Lentils, all that. But for the kids to eat, (laughs) kids can have well really messed up. (laughs) Jacks will eat lentils. He does, yeah. If I do like, if I if I make a bolognese, yeah. Oh yeah, Yeah. okay, fine. Hidden, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hidden, yeah. I wouldn't tell him. Yeah, I make a really good bolognese, so maybe I can put some lentils in that. Well, totally, absolutely. I can do this. I've got this. Babe, you can do this. This is just it. It's like shoving it all in loads of different sauces. Imagine how many pasta types of pastas you can make if you've got a cupboard full of different types of pulses different types of beans and you've got a freezer full of some veg that you can shove in with a sauce a tomato can of chopped tomatoes you've got a pasta sauce have you done the book I do. I, I do. know. I'm joking. I do. I was going to say. I was like, I have not, not. You haven't kids. sent it to us. I should have done. I should have bought one today. As well. <laughs> you can tell I'm in the scatty pregnant head mode at the um, moment for kids. No, yeah, though, you haven't. No, but I do have something on the horizon okay. on the way. Oh, I that's can exciting. Not right now, but soon. I feel oh. like you're one of the most articulate people when it comes to talking about nutrition I've ever met. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, it's brilliant. It's fascinating because it can, you know, it doesn't come naturally to everybody. It really doesn't. And no. like, I, you know, both of us grew up in a really healthy households and we've got really good relationships to it. And, you know, we, we, we train and we eat well and all the rest of it. But actual kind of cooking and things like that it doesn't come naturally to me, for example. So it's really good to hear what we need to be doing. Of course, as long as you've got the tools, yeah. it's just a bit of practice and yeah. not putting unrealistic expectations that you're suddenly going to whip up this huge Sunday roast with all the trimmings on it. Because that's tough. Yeah, it takes yeah. a lot of timing. Start with the things like the tray bakes. Yeah. Start with the, the pasta sauces a soup even a soup can be fiddly for people because they don't want to have to get this big blender out and shove everything in it's just extra equipment so things that use less equipment that you can have already in your kitchen ready to go that's the best and now you can even buy all these frozen packs of sweet potato that's pre-cooked yeah. and kale and avocado <laughs> and you name it so it's, it's all there everything i cook i don't think anything takes more than 15 minutes yeah. to prepare ever 
I'll never, I just can't be asked to be honest. <laughs> no, that's a good tip for anybody that's listening, yeah. thinking, I can't do this. You yeah, know, exactly. Make it short. Make, it doesn't, you know, even Joe Wicks's 15 Minute Meals, yeah. that's one of my favourite books. Because yeah. you really, and, and, and it's low carbs for the evening if you want to yeah. do that, you know, yeah. if that's yeah. what you choose to do. So, yeah, there are there are the good exactly. cookbooks. You out do there. not need to slave over a stove for hours anymore. <laughs> that's the we best don't need to be ever. Delia Smith. We don't. Is that, is that her name? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you questioned it. I questioned that then. Delia's the legend, isn't she? She's a legend. Um, So listen, we like to ask our guests that come on the best piece of advice that they've ever been given or a piece of advice that they would give to a new parent. Perfect. So I made a note of this on my phone because I was thinking I really want to give something that's going to be worthwhile and useful. And my brain at the moment with baby brain is just absolutely horrendous. So my one bit of advice for a new parent... Not to be so hard on yourself and compare yourself to others, which is very easy, was easier said than done. But I think going to the internet for information sometimes can be really, really tough. So the best bit of advice I've been given is to kind of take some time out and not try and rush it in the first few weeks. Yeah. And making sure if you're currently pregnant, and you're going to have a baby like me, you kitchen proof like we've discussed. And if you are currently a parent with a youngster, if you can get someone to bring over some items for you and just make sure that you go through everything methodically in your cupboards, you'll be fine. And that relates to nutrition. But if it comes to relationships of food, now we've discussed that, I think another good bit of advice is don't be scared to reach out for help. Uh, there are so many resources now and people out there that just want, they will help if, if you if you want to talk to them. And it can seem like the scariest thing in the world. Chances are you're not alone. Nearly everybody has probably experienced or knows someone that's experienced what you're going through that would be my what my two things Love yeah that. that's great that. two things <laughs> and have you come armed with some products for us i have we i love have. hearing about people's favorite products well the first one i made a bit of a boo-boo with in pregnancy it's a pregnancy pillow which i think everyone should have throughout life my best friend <laughs> has now bought a pregnancy pillow. she's not even pregnant she doesn't even have kids <laughs> But I went through quite a few. I tried the um, the kind of snake tubey one. And then the best one was just the bog standard Amazon delivery that I ordered. And it was absolutely incredible. It kind of goes all the way around your body. And then the stretch mark oil, that was the best thing I've been using. An Epsom salt bath. So Dr. Teal's Epsom salt baths are my favorite thing in the world. Also because magnesium is released into your skin. Yes. Better than through supplementation. So ah, for, okay. Yeah, anyone out there that's achy muscles, feeling a bit run down, need to sleep a bit better. Good Epsom salt bath, and I like the Dr. That's why people take magnesium when they've got sore muscles and stuff. Yeah, and I think Ren do a um, a range with magnesium in, don't they? Yeah, do you know there are so many out there now, and for athletes and stuff as well, well, we're talking about all of us mums out there are different people, but yeah, it's, it's really good for everyone. The next would be the LV Pelvic Floor Trainer. Oh, I've yes. Yes. I haven't used it though. So you see, so I started it. At least I've been looking so much into pelvic floor work right oh my now. Gosh. I it is a mindful because you think you've nailed it, and then you get to a different stage of pregnancy, you get bigger, and then you have to try and do it all over again. You're you're learning from scratch, and then after you've had the baby, it's different all over again. So it's a constant journey. <sighs> I mean, I'm at a point. Um, 
where I'm actually, uh, I just love my HIIT training. I love it so much. I love going into the rooms and getting on the treads and doing the sprints and everything. And it's my my one area that I really feel yeah. confident at. But at the moment, my pelvic floor is so bad that I'm dreading going on the treads. And if I haven't emptied yeah. my bladder just before the class, sometimes halfway through, I can't do the runs. It can be at so the moment. anxious, anxiety yeah. I was looking at this woman who was wearing like a really skin tight, light pink kind of oh, uh, gosh. bottoms. And, <laughs> and she do that. <laughs> There's no pelvic floor issues going on with her, but I'm getting no. I'm getting it sorted. Yeah, um, see a yeah. pelvic physio as yes. well because that's who I yeah. went to see, and I, it's it's a bit uncomfortable. They put their fingers in you and they check everything works and make you do the. But it's the best thing you can but do after labour. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you girls, yeah, you've you been know. through that bit now. So. It's fine. Yeah, it's nothing exactly. <laughs> so that's totally okay. The other one would be having sachets of just plain porridge oats. Yes, just Quakers plain sachets. And this is not extravagant stuff. None of these fancy ingredients you need, you need in your cupboard. But it's measured out and it's so easy. You just chuck it in your bowl and you can microwave it or put it in your saucepan and then add your toppings. Yeah. Just think that's something everyone should have in their kitchen cupboard. Yeah. Porridge is a really, really good go-to. And then the Swiss ball, again, I don't have the brand, but that has saved me with aches and pains. And I think post-pregnancy, when you've got youngsters, it's actually quite a fun thing to have in the house if you've got the space, but equally good to do those pelvic floor exercises. You're ah, absolutely yeah, right. that is so true. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Rhiannon, thank you so much thank for coming you. on. Pleasure. What a treat. We can chat to you all day. And good luck. Thank I know. You. Yeah, come back on when you've had the baby. Yes, yeah. I'd love to. Good thank luck. you, girls. Thanks, Rhiannon. Thank you so much for listening to Made by Mamas this week. If you did like it, or if you didn't, you just can pretend. Um, But if you could rate, review and subscribe, that would be fantastic. It really helps get the word out there. We want as many parents as possible to listen to this podcast. And so by doing a little review, that really, really helps us. So you can drop us a message at Made by Mamas on Instagram or on Zoe's own channel at Zoe Hardman. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We know times are very difficult right now. And if you want any more information about coronavirus, go to nhs.uk slash coronavirus. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.